This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Good morning, Bellator Society. This is John Eddy, and I'm here with Matt Yeager. How are you, Matt? Doing well here in Nashville, Tennessee. You're there in Scottsdale, Arizona, like always, just getting started with our normal podcast show here. Well, uh, y'all, I just want to say Matt and I have been laughing because in order to start this podcast, we have to clap in unison so that we can match up later today. So I'm a consummate professional as I do this podcast today. I know, this is good. So, I mean, I just feel like it's just another day, normal podcasting uh, between uh, John and Matt here on the Bellator <laughs> Society. Uh, so if anybody's tuning in here and getting started, you're like, oh, I've just been waiting to, see, to hear from Matt and John for so long. <laughs> Why are we for here, John? Long. I don't know. How are we here, Matt? What, what, how did this happen? You, you, sound, you look and sound a little different than Tracy today. Yeah, my voice, this is my performance voice. It's a little bit deeper. So, so for everybody out there who's like, wait a minute, this is not what we tuned in for. We're, we're, we're here for Tracy and Fran's uh, uh, banter. We don't need this, uh, these, these uh, strangers here. <laughs> Sorry about that. So... This is what's happening. Uh, Bellator is uh, has has uh, have, has the man show on today. It's uh, and I and I really feel like John. I don't know. I was thinking about this. The girls were, you know, their their idea is to kind of draw more men uh, into the uh, Bellator society in general. And uh, and and what better examples of perfect manliness could they have gotten than us? We- it's it's pretty incredible. We're gonna just they're gonna be flowing through now that we've joined and have been pulled into the <laughs> Bellator Society. That's for sure. <laughs> I was like the, the two men who probably can't grow a legitimate beard, and and we're the ones we're 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 gonna be the uh, ideal man uh, uh, to bring in for this uh, show, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So in what we were what uh, what the girls asked us to do is uh, John and I uh, were going to come in and, and chat a little bit today uh, to be a part of uh, this month's uh, discussions on on fasting here through Lent uh, because uh, John and I are both doing Exodus ninety right now so I don't know uh, how many folks are aware what Exodus ninety is and. Uh, what is uh, all entailed with that, but we thought we'd just kind of give you a little brief uh, inside peek into what uh, we've been doing this month uh, as as we prepared and prepared for Lent, like coming into Lent, doing Exodus 90, and as we continue on. So, Well, maybe, uh, maybe some of the people who are listening have heard of Exodus 90. Uh, I'm a devout Catholic. I had never heard of Exodus 90 until I was speaking to a good friend and uh, just speaking on how to deepen my prayer life, how to deepen sort of fraternal relationships within the church. And a good friend uh, named uh, Gabe Hahn suggested, hey, you need to check out Exodus 90. And I said, okay, what is this? It's like Catholic multi-level marketing. Like, well, I have to download an app. I'm <laughs> when sure was this? this how long ago did you hear about Exodus 90? You know, it was probably, I would say, 
probably like November-ish, December-ish, right around Christmas. Uh, you know, I sort of I sort so of just a few months then, ago in the in the in the fall of this past year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then and and I totally trust Gabe Hahn. He, he's a he's a great person. He's been a focus missionary and uh, is real helpful. Lives in the Denver area, but he suggested I check this out, and um, so I decided to call my go-to friend, our deacon friend Matt Glover, to say, Matt, have you ever heard of this Exodus ninety? <laughs> is this <laughs> legit? Know? Yeah. What is yeah, this? Is this a is this heretical or is this for uh-huh. real? Am I yeah. paying a thousand dollars a month once I download this app? Like, what's what's going on? And you know, he said, "Oh, I've heard of it, and I've heard a few priests uh, have 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 you know they used to do it to if you were thinking about joining the priesthood." And so I said, "Oh, okay." And then the conversation just sort of disappeared. Uh-huh. And I said, "Well, you know, I'm having." I, so I went to my local priest here, and I was just seeing him. I was sort of seeking spiritual direction and uh, just having a conversation with him. And he said. You know, John, you should consider doing Exodus ninety. There's an opportunity to do it as it's coming up. We usually start it right before Lent. And I said, "Well, that's kind of creepy. Like, how did how did my priest know about this? Of course he would, right? But then you so, know, Gabe Hahn mentioned it. Yeah, they're basically saying they're basically saying that you're the poster boy for the people the, for the man who needs Exodus ninety. You you are it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that makes me feel really good. And uh, <laughs> I'll just take that as some of my penitential prayers for you. Uh, for you. But I, um, you know, we're sort of doing this. And then it sort of, I, I was having trouble finding anyone in my parish that was doing it, that was my age or, you know. Um, and I, it, it's sort of, you know, like life happens, life gets busy. I'm taking kids to school, doing different things with work. So then all of a sudden, about... Uh, Really, it's supposed to start like what? What day did we start, Matt? In Man, January, it was, it was yeah. I mean, it was early January. It was early January, yeah, yeah. Within the first couple of weeks, I think I received an email from Matt Glover in a phone call saying, "Hey, we should do this Exodus ninety and sort of the starting date for when we wanted to do it that would sort of match with Lent uh, was literally about maybe what twenty four hours before. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a Saturday then, night that that yeah. he that the that the text came out. It's so funny that you had heard about it. Like you had had people like come up to you and like say, "John, this is what you need. Like you 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 need to be doing this." I had heard about Exodus ninety maybe a year and a half to two years ago from a high school boy uh, that we were we were kind of leading a theology of body for teens talk at our house. And we were just talking about temptation and internet and pornography and stuff like that. And he he brought up that he was doing Exodus 90. And like I was I nodded my head like, oh, yeah, that's that's great. And <laughs> I'm knowing I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, little mm-hmm. boy. Uh, and so it Anyway, that that was like the first I had ever even heard uh, the name of it, and then you know I had heard that it was a thing out there, something about prayer and fasting, uh, but it wasn't until that Saturday night in January that uh, I had never considered doing it myself, and and that night yeah uh, I was at work and and uh the kind of the the group of men started texting about it and the next morning I kind of reading over all these texts going what is everybody talking about what is I I don't even think I know what Exodus 90 is and now everybody's talking about starting it tomorrow like that's really soon so I'm I was looking puzzled at my phone and Fran looks at me and she was like what and and I was like well I the guys are all texting about Exodus ninety. I was like, I, I I need to I need to kind of see if this is something I want to do. And she was like, uh, Matt, 
it's fasting. Nobody wants to fast. She's like, you're, you're not going to want to do this. And I'm like, well, I mean, but I don't even, I don't even know what I'm signing up for. Like all my friends are saying we're going to do this thing. And I was like, I don't even know what it is. So like I had, I said, I said, at least need to look it up and find out kind of what I'm committing myself to. And within minutes later, Ward, my, my, uh, my college age son, he texts me and says, Hey, guess what? I'm starting Exodus 90 tomorrow. And I was like, Oh my gosh, all my friends are doing it. My son is doing it, and I'll, okay, and so before I even really had looked it up to know what I was getting myself into, I was like, okay, I'll do it. Whatever this thing is, I'll do it. So Yeah, uh, I think what's mind-blowing to me is within almost a four-week span, I had multiple he- people hit me with this, yeah. and I'd never heard of it before, and I know it's been out there before, and people have... Uh, have done this before and, and spoke highly of it. Yeah. But it was amazing how you had those experiences. I had these experiences and I had, you know, people from different parts of the country contacting me and even mentioning this saying, you really should think about this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, so let's, you know, let's look into it. So for people out there, we had a group of men that we've all been friends with mainly out of Little Rock. That's how a lot of us met each other. So we have a group of sort of eight men that sort of committed to this uh, with Matt Glover, uh, a deacon of Little Rock diocese and a canon lawyer sort of leading our group. And uh, we should probably explain what it is for people yeah. that want to know. Well, I, I went back. I was trying to figure out kind of where this whole thing got started. So I, I, I kind of went to their website, and I, and I looked up uh, a couple kind of YouTube interviews with the, one of the co-founders. Uh, and it basically, it was back in 2011 was the very first time it came into being at all. But it was really just a, a spiritual exercise that a, a priest who was kind of the mentor in charge of kind of faith life formation of seminarians uh, at a seminary decided that all these young men who were coming in who had this desire to serve God, but when they when they came in, they were tied to all of these uh, bad habits and idols in their life that were was just making it almost impossible for them to to jump into the the fraternal aspect of, of seminary and really get their minds straight and and and, and uh, kind of shed themselves of a lot of the things they were coming in with. So that was 2011, and he was basically running these kind of um, you know episodes of, of this spiritual exercise over about three years and ran a bunch of seminarians through it. Uh, from 2011 to 2014, and then that's when they were like, "Hey, this this has been really good. They're seeing a lot of fruit from this. Like, this has been a great uh, exercise for these guys." And they said, "Well, w- what if guys who are not in the seminary? What if we could get this out to all of them?" So it was like 2015, uh, 2014, 2015, when then they kind of rolled this out to the general public uh, using the app and the website to kind of. Um, uh, give guys a kind of guided way to get through it. And then, I mean, gosh, I mean, so many people have done it now. It's really kind of taken off within not only the Catholic community, but there are, you know, there's a, there's a fair amount of non-Catholics uh, that are in on this as well. Um, uh, but I can't, I can't believe it's just been five years since it really went public. And uh, I, I'm not even sure exactly how many men have done it so far, but it's really expanded pretty impressively. So the I guess the next question is why why did why did we decide to do this, Matt? I'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> why would you do this? Why, why would you suffer? Well, actually, well, Matt, what is it? Then? Yeah, what, yeah. I guess what, what, what you is give it? Some of the what's. Yeah. What what is it? Yeah. So fill fill me in on a little bit of the what's of what we're doing. So to give you an idea, some of these are it's fasting. Mm-hmm. So uh, you need to try and cut out candies. You need to cut out alcohol. Mm-hmm. You need to cut out snacking between meals. And for Matt and I, and for a lot of other men. 
snacking is almost a priority in our busy daily lives, right? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of you get five minutes to go grab a snack, and then you're moving on to something else. Um, it means uh, a dedicated amount of prayer, mm-hmm. um, and as you go through the process, um, without giving away some of the internal aspects of this, in case people want to try this themselves, uh, you know, daily mass if you can, going to adoration, things that you should do as a Catholic or take time to do to grow yourself in a relationship with the Lord, but that we all sort of life starts moving and kids are going every which way and yeah. and we just don't take that time. And we make a lot of excuses as to why we're busy, right? I, I know that's always been my thing. Well, I, I have this going on and I'll get to that later, but I yeah. have this is real this is the priority right now. Yeah, the three pillars that they kind of say prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. So the 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 prayer is guided. There's a daily scripture um, kind of meditation uh, that's in the app itself. Uh, there's a reading from Exodus. Basically, we go through the entire book of Exodus day by day through the 90 days and and kind of modeling our journey like the Israelites, you know, leaving the bondage of slavery in Israel and your trials as you're trying to leave all that. So there, there's those readings on a daily basis combined with the daily gospel reading that's there. And then, you know, they encourage each man to commit to an hour of prayer each day, a holy hour. And that includes your spiritual reading and things like that. But during that hour, they want at least 20 minutes of silent prayer, you know, just yeah. contemplative um, kind of reorienting yourself uh, prayer, and they feel like that's really an important part that uh, that men don't don't have. And then and then to do as you end your day, doing kind of an examination of conscience at the end of the day. So all told, you know, did did I do my holy hour all at one time? No, not usually. I mean, it was it was usually a piece here and a piece there. You know, sometimes I got it all in at once um, uh, if I really got a whole hour in. Uh, but but that's kind of the prayer piece is really carving out time in your day. But it's amazing, like you said, the asceticism aspect is is where you all of a sudden remove so many things from your life that now you have time because it because to think about doing an hour of prayer every day is like totally overwhelming to me. I did not have that type of discipline before. But but the asceticism sides are, are, are pretty brutal. <laughs> I yeah. mean, let's be honest. I yeah. mean, for us, they were brutal. So you mentioned the diet stuff. So it's, yeah, like you said, no alcohol. This is all for 90 days. No alcohol, no sweetened drinks. So you can't have any sodas, sweet tea, can't add sugar to your coffee. They, they basically allow you to have uh, either milk or water or unsweetened tea or black coffee uh, yeah. are the are the things you can drink uh, no snacking between meals no sweets no desserts and then on uh, both Fridays and Wednesdays uh, days of fasting and abstinence just like you would do on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday uh, yeah. so that's twice a week uh, for 90 days you're doing fasting and abstinence that was a pretty big deal is that has that been hard for you uh, extremely hard. And in fact, uh, you know, I think a couple people fall off the bandwagon here and there. And I think that's why the fraternal aspect this is, of this is important. Each person is assigned sort of an anchor, as they call it. It's someone else to check on them. Mm-hmm. And then we sort of have, we, you know, if you're in one location, you can kind of have group prayer and we try and meet once a week um, and just reach out to one another and sort of express, you know, sort of the intimacy of what this is of, you know, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's you know, this is really hard. Like I'm fine with not having alcohol. I'm fine with like, but you know, I need that chocolate candy bar every Friday. I'm just stressed out at the end of the week or whatever that might be for your, you know, yourself. And, um, and just sort of, just like anything, you know, you make mistakes, you sort of struggle with these things, but 
the opposite side of this this all sounds very down and difficult and oh well hold on i don't I, we're not even done with the asceticism part like i don't <laughs> want people to think this is all we're doing like are they whining just about food no <laughs> so the other things in there were uh no tv yes. no movies yes. no televised sports no video games and and no popular music. So basically, you, you know, like and and then that's still not it. It's no using your computer or phone or internet or texting for anything that is not absolutely necessary. So you can't just, you know, like I have these websites that I love to jump on and just peruse when I've got 10-15 minutes of downtime. None of that. So, yeah. you know, my uh uh, my Facebook perusing when I'm sitting on the toilet. Uh, uh, am I allowed to say that <laughs> oh, no. on the podcast? Yeah. yeah, be careful about that. Especially yeah, that's, with Corona. Corona's yeah. <laughs> everywhere, so be careful. <laughs> I wash my phone. I, I wipe my phone down. <laughs> but you know, just that downtime of five minutes, which you need, that's down. That's 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 uh, that's all gone. So, uh, and then it, they they recommend regular vigorous exercise, thirty minutes uh, at least uh, three times a week. Uh, yep. Getting at least uh, uh, was it six or seven hours sleep that they said? I think it's seven. Yeah, uh, I think it's it might be seven or eight. And yeah. then finally, cold showers, cold short showers, cold showers. I mean, this is a brutal regimen of asceticism uh, Which, that this thing lays out. And with anyone listening, and if there's any wives out there contemplating that their husband should do this. You know, what's funny is all of these things are incredibly easy to get rid of in your life. You don't feel like they are. But the one thing that everyone struggled with consistently <laughs> and up until this day is the cold showers. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it is, it is unbelievable. Oh, that's all. I realized how important that shower is to me every morning or afternoon. Of It's like my moment just of like, let go, take yeah. a deep breath. The shower's nice and hot. I can relax. The kids aren't yelling at me. My wife's not asking me, did I take out the trash yet? Like it's my alone time in the shower just to relax. Well, and I and was those cold showers are tough. Those the 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 co-founder was doing a, a little spot with Matt Frad, a little video this past fall talking about it. And he says, I love to hear men in like Southern California complaining about these cold <laughs> yeah. showers. And he said totally. and he always is like Talk to the guys in Anchorage, Alaska, about how hard these cold showers are. <laughs> like it is, it is something serious here in the middle of winter, uh, and in some place where all you want to do is warm up, and 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 they're telling you cold showers only. It's like, oh, that's brutal. Well, and I, I feel bad for my Arkansas friends because even here in Phoenix, it can get up to eighty-five in January. So. <laughs> Even if I turn it all the way down, it's still a little bit of a lukewarm feel. Uh I don't enjoy it, but it's definitely not as cold as some of my northern friends are. So then the third pillar is that fraternity aspect, and I think we need that too. So that that really is the – you've got this – you've got somebody, an anchor that you're supposed to reach out to on a daily basis, a guy that, you you know, to encourage him along because you know this is hard. And then, uh, you know, we get together on a uh, weekly for for these meetings. And and it really is – like you said, it's so important – to have to balance the 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 self denial and 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 having that fraternal relationship with these guys to to say you know I'm doing it too here's 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 the good experience I had this week here's the bad experience I had this week this is why we're doing this um, yeah so yeah. Yeah, you were about to mention what the, what the good sides was as as I have we've talked about all the brutal aspect. Well, you know, you you talk about your whys, and we all have different whys and where we are within our faith life and mm-hmm. our relationship with the Lord. And um, you know, for me, I I just I needed a closer relationship, and you know, we go to weekly mass and 
We're very blessed to have uh, a wonderful group of Catholic friends around us that are supportive. Um, and you realize there's a lot of people that don't have that, or they're just sort of lost and they're trying to find where they are and what they want. And, um, and this program for me, what I found real quickly was we get so busy with all the material things in our life and we're constantly pursuing those things. And we have these lists that we create and you realize it's this sort of worldly list that really has nothing to do with your eternal soul and mm-hmm. even sort of your internal happiness. Yeah. And the one thing I found real quickly was, you know, this seems so daunting to me. I'm like, I, you know, it's like, oh, Glover emailed me, such a good person. I feel almost obligated to do this now. <laughs> that was totally me. I was you, like, you it's all I mean? my friends. I was like, I'll yeah. do it because I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the one of the eight that doesn't <laughs> say yes, I'm going to do it. So da- Daniel took me on that free golf trip one time, and you know, <laughs> showed up do to my. It. Show up to my 40th birthday. I really feel, yeah. So I sort of, um, you know, I committed to this, but what was incredible from the get-go, and I think, um, you know, you kind of go through these phases throughout the program, but early on for me, the why was really fascinating. When When I worked in D.C., we always had a responsibility to email back immediately. And, you know, due to sort of the nature of our jobs, if you got an email from the boss at 1 a.m., you better be replying back with an email two mm-hmm. minutes later because mm-hmm. there was always something that was critically important. Mm-hmm. And I think what it did is it sort of socialized my mind of I always have to do this, right? Like you are not being an appropriate professional if you're not getting back to people immediately. And I know probably a lot of people who are listening probably feel that way. So I uh, just sort of stopping that was very difficult for me. But what was incredible was sort of taking out TV, taking out sort of the screen time where you're just sitting there with your finger and we all do it. You're just scrolling, looking at Instagram, looking at whatever Pinterest, whatever it is, right? And you realize all this time is being sucked away. And what does that suck time away from? It sucks time away from your family. It sucks time away from your prayer life. And it really sort of debilitates your brain to where you're not contemplating maybe deeper things that matter in your life. And I know that first week, it was sort of, it it was almost... You know, I thought it was going to be so difficult, and instead it was so invigorating. And I was surprised by that. You know, I thought, oh, I'm just going to be suffering. Uh, you know, I'm not St. Augustine. I, <laughs> I'm going to just be, I'm going to fail at all of these things. And what happened was going and doing these things that are set out for you and then having other men that you know are going through it was just incredibly empowering. And yeah. really, I realized where I was in so many different ways because you're sort of shedding all of this weight and all these distractions from your mind and all of a sudden you're focusing more on your family you're focusing more on where you are in your relationship with the lord and that was uh i think pretty much universally in our group everyone was sort of like wow that was shocking and even amongst some of our you know matt who's a deacon and other people who already have a pretty um intimate relationship with just catholicism and everything were really sort of wow i didn't realize i wasn't taking enough time to do these things and how Great it felt. You know, I felt like my why was uh, had had to do with just you know, my priorities in general and where God ranked um, among the things I needed to get done in the day. Yep. Um, and, you know, our family, you know, has, has a bit of a—we have our morning prayers, we have our prayers at meals, you know, we have a prayer we say with our children each night as they go to bed, and then my wife and I have a, a prayer that we say— there was almost zero time beyond that kind of 
stuff that we had scheduled uh, into our day and kind of had made our traditions, there was zero time that I was putting in on my own where I felt like I was showing God that aside from my wife, aside from my children, aside from my family life, this, my relationship with God uh, ranks uh, amongst my highest priorities, I, I I didn't have that, I, and I and I felt like I I I could not look back at the time that I was spending on a day to day basis and show that there was there's really any evidence uh, of a true independent relationship uh, uh, with God and with Christ, and so that that's kind of what I wanted. I I wanted I I wanted to get that priority in order, and um so that then I could be a better husband and be a better father uh, to my kids. Um, and so uh, that was kind of my why. Uh, and you were, you're talking about, you know, your kind of addiction to the phone. That was not the hardest part for me uh, at all. I, I, I the, the phone thing, I've always, you know, kind of sat and watched everybody on their phone uh, and, and been like, you are so addicted. Look at you. Like a little bit, a little judgy, uh, a little judgy. Uh, but even in terms of this, you know, there'd be times where I'd be sitting, you know, eating lunch by myself and I'm not watching TV and I'm not looking at my phone and I'm looking around and just everybody's eyes down on their phone. So it is amazing how when you kind of, um, disconnect from that a little bit uh how, how you can see what a what a cross it is for 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 many people and they don't even realize that they're carrying it um but for me it was it was leisure uh my my crux was uh was was leisure because i i always felt like i deserved my recreation um yeah. and and whether that be mindlessly in front of the tv or i'm a was a big video game player i i i I, you know i i can't really play a video game for five minutes it's like i'm gonna start and it's gonna be five hours later that i'm done you know it's like and that is just impossible it's just such a it's such a terrible weakness of mine um and so I was really nervous. I was really nervous about the, the the entertainment, the lack of entertainment, more than the food, more than more than the prayer, you know, more than more than most. Of that. It was the lack of entertainment that was really terrifying to me. Um, so uh, that was that was scary. Now I did get what? How? how what about food? Did you did your relationship with food change that first week? Uh, it did the first week. It later on in this process, it was hard. Yeah. You know, there would just be times where I'm like, I'm, I'm angry. Like, I just want <laughs> that little snickerdoodle that's over there. Why, why can I have that? Like, it, I've suffered enough this week. I've right. totally suffered enough, right? Oh, and then I'm looking man. around, you know, and I'm not on my phone. And my, I have three daughters, so, you know, they're doing, like, the fish face for Snapchat or whatever that they do, right? And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Why, you've taken the 5,000th picture today, you know? So <laughs> I want my snickerdoodle because you're making me angry. I can't touch my phone. What am I supposed you're, to do here? You're like, the guy from, you're like the guy from the Snickers commercial when... And he like turns into Joe <laughs> Pesci, you know, <laughs> you know, you just need a Snickers, you know? Well, and for those of you that are old enough out there, uh, so, you know, I'd, I'd retreat and I'd go pray. And, uh, it was inevitable that I would wake up like 30 minutes later, right? After praying for about 10 minutes, I wake up, you know, kind of snoring and be like, <laughs> did I just do the old man thing? I just fell asleep in the comfortable chair by myself as I was trying to do some contemplative prayer. So that's not good either. Right. So, so the other thing that tough. I noticed talking tough. about food, like, so I work in an emergency department, right? And there's usually snacks. Like there, sometimes people will order pizza and there'll be some extra leftover pizza or something like that. Or maybe you'll come in on the day shift and, 
the night shift has brought some brownies in and there's like three leftover crusty brownies from the night shift and you're like oh yeah i'll eat that uh you know so there's always snacks and food around but i kid you not john the very first week we started doing exodus 90 at the hospital i cannot believe this the coffee shop down the hallway from my emergency room decided rather than take the donuts home at night or throw them away, that every day at the end of the shift, they were going to bring all of the fresh donuts from the day and bring them to the ER. They were like, oh, the ER works here 24-7. Like, let's bring them a snack. This will be great. It's such a kind gift. So I show up, like, I think my first shift was on a fasting and abstinence day, like a Wednesday. And I show up for a shift. And literally the whole place reeks of donuts, reeks of donuts. There are there are like six dozen donuts spread all around the ER in every corner of the ER. Everywhere I went, there were donuts. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, And, and, they, and if you know Matt, I'm sure all of these people that have the donuts are like, oh, Dr. Yeager is so kind and funny. Let's go visit him. He'll really appreciate this. Oh, he'll love this. He'll, this will be such a great thing. And I'm like, get away from me. What's wrong, What's wrong with, you with him today? Oh, my God. All of these donuts. So anyway, I, I was like, I cannot believe this. And we you know we've always got a candy drawer in the ER. And so, you know, that's, you know, you've got a, a busy, stressful shift and you've just had a hard patient. Well, you go to the candy totally. drawer. You, 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 yeah. you go get a, you, you go get some, some chocolate or some Skittles and you make yourself feel better and you move on. And so that, that is, that's been uh, hard because the snacking during my shifts has definitely been hard. Now, normally you work really long shifts, right? Like yeah. you're you're working in an ER. You're, you you yeah. actually you probably have some downtimes, but then you have high anxiety times, right? Yeah. When a patient comes in in a critical position or critical situation, did you ever? Has there ever been a point in your work life where you have found time for prayer, or even during Exodus ninety, that you could pray, or are you just you're on at work like a lot of us are, and just that is what it is? I don't think I've ever. I never really took time previously. Um, yeah. One thing that I did start doing as I'm driving into my shifts is uh-huh. sometimes I would put on an audio rosary uh, on my way into the shift now. Like I didn't do this before Exodus 90, yeah. but I would feel like I would take the time as the drive in to really focus in prayer and and get prepared for that. Once I'm there, I, I, it's hard not to just kind of be on and doing, doing what it is that I'm doing. Um, and it's hard to take time to really Put your mind in a state of prayer when when you're when you're at work. But I but I make sure as I as I'm going to work as I'm coming from work that I'm kind of refocusing on you know why you know why am I doing this job you know what 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 is the purpose for this job how can I how can I be Christ's hands how can I be Christ's yeah. hands to these people when I'm doing my job and so that's been helpful and and I, I've done a, a better job of that during Exodus ninety uh, being prayerful on the on the way into work. Um, yeah. One, one of the things I tried to do is, you know, when I'd get into my car, uh, a automatic thing for me to do is to turn on some pop music, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with my daughters, dad, definitely. Can you turn it to hits one on Sirius XM? Right. right. Like they want to hear Dua Lipa or whoever the big hot act is out there. And, and so, you know, I kind of acquiesce instead of having to fight and, you know, my wife's trying to turn it to forties on four or whatever it is, you know, listening to Benny Goodman or something. But what was amazing was uh, in this process is I wouldn't make phone. I usually make phone calls when I'm driving in the car. It's my five minutes to like call eight people back. And so I use that in the car. And you know what I did is I I just cut that out. Hmm. I just said, you know what, I'm going to listen to certain. And we, we talked about this as a group. 
listening to certain music that sort of points you towards the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, maybe doing a rosary, doing something. And it was amazing. You forget how much time you spend in the car mm-hmm. and uh, how much alone time you have. You don't think you're alone because you're thinking about everything else, where you're going. I got to stop by the bank. But doing that was really helpful to me. And it was yeah. almost sort of a, a word that kept on coming up to me was liberating. Yeah. How much liberation I got out of this. And I never expected I would use that word liberation um, and me even trying to do this program at all. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the car is necessarily the best place to pray, like, mm-hmm. and have that. But if you take that as an opportunity to expand the prayer that you're doing in your own time, uh, it's a, it's a great opportunity to spread that throughout your day uh, in other ways. So, so that's been, that's been really nice. I, yeah, I did, I, I did want to say, did, did you ever feel like giving up? Early on in this one, uh, did you did you have a point where, or have you stopped? <laughs> have you stopped wanting to give up? Well, I think what's funny is we have that incredible intensity. Probably the first, I'd say, ten days. Yeah, and then you get to day twenty or twenty-one, and it's sort of maybe some habits are forming. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, but then I think as we've talked to different people, the text messages might slow down. Uh-huh. The the daily, how's my anchor doing? I know I've bothered you, you know, right. for the last. 28 days how's day 29 doing you know sort of the repetitive nature that can get sort of tiring with that um like i said we've sort of gone through these phases throughout this and i think that's why the fraternity is so important that you don't drop because you see other men doing it but it's been hard yeah there's just days where i was like you know you just one of the the things that i'll forget right is is the fasting on wednesday and friday Mm -hmm. like i'll just be like oh i can get a hamburger i'm really hungry i haven't had any snacks i'm just gonna go ahead and get that i'm like oh wait it's wednesday so do i shift my day to thursday because i just messed up this day and already ate that hammer you know because life is just busy i know some people like i heard there were some people who quit this uh kind of exercise because they messed up one day like you know uh you know matt frad is one he he said well i quit on day 22 because i messed up and i just stopped and i was like no don't do that don't you know just yeah i mean we all mess up and and so get back keep doing it uh, you know, and so I, I've definitely had those days. I've, I've missed those Wednesdays. I finally put it in my calendar and just kind of have it as a reminder to pop up. Cause otherwise I could not remember the fasting and abstinence on, on Wednesdays. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, well, I, did- I, I, I was struggling with, um, probably like, you know, that day 30 when we were all starting to be like, okay, this is really long. And we're, <laughs> we're not even halfway through this. And, I remember that day. Yeah, and, and when I hear other people who I know have an incredible uh, prayer life and uh, who I respect a lot, even starting to sort of express suffering words, I was like, okay, good. I'm not, I'm not the only uh, sinner here in this group, right? Yeah. But um, it was real funny. I went to a mass and the priest, it's, you know, it's just, I always say there's all these small miracles in life if you just open your eyes to them. Uh, but this priest was talking about all the sins that he had had in a week, right? And I was starting to feel that same way. I'm like, oh, I've, I've messed up a couple times here. And I know Brad and Glover, they're doing this devoutly every day. You just know they are. I don't feel like I'm living up to their expectations or mm-hmm. my expectations of what I should be for them. And um, But when I heard him sort of say those things, it made me feel better, right? Like yeah. this is always a process. It's always a journey. And uh, and. I almost relish our times when we get to talk and have the intimacy of, of expressing, you know, what's been hard in our week. What are we going through? Um, and that's part of this process too, in our sort of weekly meetings where we all take time to express where we are spiritually, personally, and, and where we are in this process. And every moment that I failed, I, 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 I would, 
I would start to feel a little disappointed in myself, but then I would, but then I would pause and go, but I'm so much better off than I was at the start of this program. Like I I can't, I can't be upset at at the minor failures when I see that on a day-to-day basis, this is becoming more habitual and, and these, and I've, I've rid myself of, of the places uh, uh, that I was selfish and self-centered and, and I've added things. Maybe I haven't added as much as I could in terms of a virtue, but I'm better off than I was before. Uh, yeah. and so that felt, that felt really good to me. I, you know, in the very beginning, uh, I made a comment to Fran and she was asking me kind of how it's going, you know, how does this fasting make you feel? And, and, uh, she, she thought my comment was, was, was kind of interesting. Cause as I said that I didn't feel like it was necessarily, helping me build virtue, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely showing me where I lacked virtue. Um, and and so in the beginning I was, I was not sure that I was growing, but it certainly showed me all, all the dark spots, uh, you know, in my life. Well, and there's, you know, there's a, a particular person, you know, everything is obviously private in these groups that you share, but you know, we had a particular person in our group talk about how, he literally just went to mass one day and he went early and was praying and he just had this overwhelming warmth. Mm-hmm. And what was, what, what was interesting to me about it is here, we generally know all the people in our group. We have a good idea of who all these people are intimately and where they are in their faith life. But to hear sort of these more intimate stories of someone who is expressing something. And even he was like, I mean, is this weird? Like that this happened to me, you know, right. like how, how incredible, right? that there's all of these really amazing sort of liberating things that are happening when you just sort of calm yourself and you Mm -hmm. allow the Lord to work through your life. And I will be the first one to admit that I did not expect that at all. You know, I expected, Oh, I'll feel better and, and all these different things, but it was amazing sort of these waves of different things that happened when you sort of took out all this extraneous stuff that just really didn't mean anything. It was so includes, distracting. Yeah, all the distracting yeah. stuff. You you would never be open enough uh-huh. to have that spiritual moment if you were so tied up in the things that you were normally doing. And so it, it really does give you the opportunity to have those experiences that, that you wouldn't have been paying attention to previously. Yeah, and it almost it sort of scared me a little bit. It's like, wow, look at, there's all these people out there and I know, I know what they're doing. I wish I could tell them about this so that they could take time to go do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish there was other men I could, and, and I've already thought about this, like when we do this next year, right? And everyone's like, oh, oh we're going to do it next John, year. John, <laughs> don't, don't put that in Glover's mind. Well, I mean, your son, right? Like, just to give you an idea, the Jaegers are such wonderful people. His son in college is doing two different groups at the same time. <laughs> he is. He's so like, I'm yeah. like, that's impressive. That's yeah. really impressive. He's yeah. a good kid. He's a really good kid. So, Well, I had, I had one other weird experience early on. Uh, that I kind of wanted to share as well, uh, and and that was that was about ten to fourteen days in that um, I had a very strange sense of of numbness that kind of came over me. That I, I I wondered how common this is for people who are who are doing some rigid asceticism. Um, it was almost that you know as I would go through the day and I would be disgruntled that I that I didn't get to play a game or I wasn't able to watch TV or didn't get to have that snack or I didn't get to drink a Coke or, you know, any number of those little kind of insults and disappointments that I was having throughout the day. I felt like to cope with that, I had to kind of cover myself in a numbness and a not caring 
uh, in order to, to, so that that didn't hurt so much. Uh, yeah, know, each of those little hurts. And so I started that was a that was a good thing. I felt like I could numb myself to those pains. And so but then I found that I sort of turned off my joy as well. Um, yeah. And and when my children wanted to play or, you know, somebody else was was doing something fun and I was just like, well, I'm just going to sit on this chair and do nothing. Like I'm yeah. just I, I felt very strangely numb. It was a funk for about two, three days where I just I, I felt numb to everything. And I was like, I can't keep going on like this. I can't I can't have this asceticism you know, rob me of my joy in, in general. So I, luckily I did, I moved past that phase, but that was kind of a, a, a painful period where I really felt like that was, I felt things tearing away, you know, those, those selfish sides of me and those wants tearing away in a painful way. Uh, and, and, uh, I, I, I guess to cope with that, I just kind of had to shut down for a few days. It was weird. I, I, well, I kind of almost apologized to my wife. I was like, sorry, I feel like this. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I, I feel like a zombie just kind of yeah. walking around, not caring about anything at the moment. Well, I think when you're shedding all of, like I said, these material things, uh, I, I know I've said this to you before, but I really love the quote of like that redemptive nature of suffering, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're not allowing yourself to go through these things or to feel those things of pain, you're never going to truly experience maybe those incredible things of joy. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be truly alive and mm -hmm. definitely not alive in the Lord. And so it's like, it's been amazing to me. I had one, I had kind of had a similar thing, but it was sort of the opposite. Uh, I'd gone to adoration and I'm not a person that, um, I'd like to say that I have a set hourly time that I go every week. I just haven't, I've been busy. And, um, but when I went to adoration, it was unbelievable to me. I'd shed a lot of these things out of my mind. So my mind wasn't busy on all these things that didn't matter. And going to adoration and just praying was just an exceptional experience. And mm. I felt more alive sitting there in a quiet room, kneeling and praying than I had in pretty much a lot of other things that I'd been involved in. Mm -hmm. And so that was uh, that was sort of a surprising thing to me, right? Like this moment where you wouldn't think, oh, this is, but I vividly even remember it to this day, all these weeks later of just that sort of incredible uh, feeling you had because you're shutting away all these different things and uh, sort of building your relationship. I, I I had a a thought the other day that you know there's this idea in psychi in psychology of the that guy uh, Maslow and his pyramid of the hierarchy of needs. Yeah, uh, totally. and 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 like you you have to. You have to deal first with, you know, getting your food and getting a shelter before you can move on to, you know, the the higher needs that we have. And 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 it, at some point, once you've met all those base needs, um, uh, then you can the pinnacle. You can start thinking about, you know, loving others and 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 kind of becoming who it is that you're supposed to be. And I I feel like that was very much the the way I felt through all of this in that in that. If you can put all of those base desires and wants and needs and things that we're constantly distracting ourselves with and feeding ourselves with and indulging ourselves with, if you can 
attend to those things either either you need to fulfill them all which Mm -hmm. almost you never can like you can't you can't indulge yourself enough to you're like oh i'm done indulging now and that doesn't really (laughs) doesn't really ever happen so until you can get all of those desires and wants and needs and distractions kind of in right order and attended to and put in their place you you you're never open it's 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 like that has to come first before you can experience those those you know, um, spiritual moments, uh, like yeah. you had, uh, in the adoration chapel or, or that, you know, the, uh, our other friend had in, 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 in mass, it's it just, you have, you have to have all that stuff in right order before, before you're going to be open, uh, to, to be listening to God, uh, in that way. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um, you know, I, I think, I think one other thing, you know, in terms of, uh, how, have you felt in any way that the fasting and the discipline that you've done has helped you in virtue in other ways build other types of virtue? Uh, yes. I think the biggest thing is um, the sort of my relationship with um, just my daughters and mm-hmm. the time that I spend with them. Um Sorry, I'm just uh, fixing something on the computer there. Yeah, no, um, I was, you, everything slowed down for a second. <laughs> um, you know, just just taking time to build those relationships. Um, I just, I've always been present. I've always, you know, put a lot into my family and, um, you know, spending time together, finding quality time. Mm-hmm. But e- even those smaller things of stopping myself in really realizing, am I truly engaging on the deepest level that I can mm-hmm. on a, on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right? Not just like, okay, we're taking the girls to the beach and we're going to spend time talking together and play games and look at what a great dad I am. Just those day-to-day interactions of where things I'm, you know, might've perturbed me or made me angry. Like, Oh, I have to help you with your math homework. I, you know, I have this really important business call I got to be on. Mm-hmm. I think stopping myself and being contemplating those things has been exceptionally wonderful for me, um, that I really appreciate. So that's, that's just sort of these internal virtues of just being more open and kind. It's, it's funny how it goes hand in hand and you know, it's intellectually, right? Yeah. But, but putting it into practice in a sort of daily routine is, can be incredibly difficult. But like I said, I keep just coming back to this word of liberation. Like it's just been so liberating. And I almost, I almost want to be the crazy guy that runs around church and be like, Hey, I have this thing. And you don't know where you are right now. It's like Neo, right? Like it's like you're you're choosing one of the pills. Do you want to do you want to really come into the reality? But I I mean I truly feel like and this has been this isn't the end all be all of anything. You, you just, came out of the Matrix during I, I this did. Exodus ninety. <laughs> I can I can uh, dodge bullets everywhere now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been uh, that has just been an exceptional moment. And then you realize like this is all because of the Lord and. Yeah you know, finding that intimacy with Christ and to do those things is so critically important, right? It's, and, and I mean that just in the here and now. There's sort of the eternal nature of all of this, but it truly does lead to more intimate relationships, uh, a greater appreciation of a lot of things. And we have pretty, we have pretty good men that are involved in this. Um, 
but it it's sort of deepening. You know, you're going into those deeper waters, and how right. critical that is for all of us to do. Well, you know, and to, to I, release yourself to do that. We don't we don't sacrifice much in mm-hmm. in our culture. You know, we we just don't. We we live such an indulged life um, that it's even hard. It's 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 hard to put ourselves in the shoes of others, you know, around the world. I mean, you you think about us moaning and whining about having, you know, having to take a cold shower. And I'm like, how many how many millions and millions of billions of people around the world probably are taking cold showers regularly uh, and are thankful for them, you know? And to yeah. us, it's just the worst thing in the world. Um, uh but this this idea of of fasting that is very countercultural uh mm-hmm. to our world today and i think you're right it is it's it is like we've we've taken that pill uh you know that one pill and now we see reality for what it is you know and yeah. we want everybody else to know like if if you would just take the time and take and have the discipline and and try it you know that it is so liberating in a way that you can really look around you and see things for how they really are. Well, I, I can remember being in uh, Latvia, right, and going to this Orthodox church. Um, and I can remember thinking, you know, there's no pews, there's no seats, there's no kneelers. Uh, people are standing there um, at Mass, you know, for four or five hours. And this priest is up there holding this heavy gold cross, you mm-hmm. know, giving a, a homily that goes on forever and ever and ever. And I can remember thinking, it, it attached to this experience for me because. I think, especially here in the U.S. or other places, we place so much emphasis on materialism or success, mm-hmm. and we tell people that's when you'll feel free. Like, that's when you'll feel happy, right? Like, everything is, if you consume and you do these things, you'll be happy. And I can remember seeing some of these old ladies walking out of this uh, Orthodox church, and I remember just how happy they were. And I'm thinking to myself, they don't have a car they probably don't have work or a job. Their clothes are falling off of their body because they've been wearing the same sweatshirt for probably the last 15 years. And yet there was sort of a, a, a nature of just being alive that was there. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that and thinking, that's interesting. I didn't know how to connect it, but then it connected to this experience with Exodus 90 of sort of, you know, in these small sufferings that we're going through the, the the ability to be alive and to be close with Christ is really in these things if you give mm-hmm. yourself the chance. And I realize those older ladies, their lives were stripped of everything. Yeah. And that intimate relationship was just fully focused on God. And there was something there. And I think what's I feel sad about our society sometimes is that we don't um, try and push that anymore. And definitely within a secular world, right? Like it's, if you believe those kind of things, you're just, you're a moron. And, and you're just like, no, those, those are lies. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're intimately lying to you on every level. Like you're never you're, satisfied. I mean, if you tried, if you try to satiate all those desires and wants and the, and the more you get and the more you gather, the more you want and the more you're mm-hmm. unhappy. And, and that is just absolutely so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, it, you always have this sense of disquiet. It is, I'm not there yet. You know, I haven't yeah. gotten it yet. It, and, and, um, it just gnaws at you and, and destroys your peace. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like there has been a lot of moments during these. What day are we on, by the way? Um, are we like fifty something. Yeah, we're up there. Man, let me we're let close. me check. Let, let me go to my app. I would just say, you know, while, as we're doing this, you know, I have definitely had a sense of peace, um, more 
more than most times in my life. And number one, I think I'm rested. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I love the fact that that sleep, getting enough sleep is in, you know, their requirements because I think being well rested, uh, having that time for meditative prayer, uh, and kind of self-reflection really gives us, um, tanks us, tanks us up, you know, fills, fills my tank in a way that, that allows me then to be more patient, more kind, um, you know, more prudent in, in the other things in my life. It's, it's like, it's like, you know, temperance, you know, what we're doing is the virtue of temperance, right? You know, and, and, and it's like all of those other virtues are just a little easier to do when, when you've gotten everything in the right order and, and you have a sense of peace and rest, uh, and, and less distraction. So I've been very thankful for that. That's been a, that's been a good experience for me. And I think the Exodus 90 people know that old men like me will fall asleep on the couch if I don't get enough <laughs> enough amount of sleep. <laughs> and Jesus doesn't mind that. You know, we've talked about that before. If you fall asleep in the Adoration Chapel, Jesus likes watching his baby sleep just like we watching like watching our baby sleep. So I'm going okay. to repeat that in my head. Uh, when yeah, I over do. and over again. <laughs> who, who is, who's the old man snoring back there? He comes here every day. Uh, we're on day 58, Matt. It does. It, Are you weird, serious? It yeah, 58. Wow. I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Oh, man. Well, have you liked the app? Like, has the app itself been good for you? I do. I, 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 you know, it's just like anything, right? When you're developing something, you are going to have personal things. You're like, I wish the app did this, or I wish the app did this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really good app for just having the, you know, putting you on a schedule and a path. Um, there's probably, because I am who I am, I'm, I'm always looking critically at things like things that I would add to the app if I could. Yeah. But having the messaging system within the app, I think is important. I loved um, that. I love yeah, that. I Some of the guys in our group didn't like that. that uh, they really wanted to stay with their iMessage text stream and stuff like that. Um, you know, but for me, uh, the iMessage and texting was always a distraction to go onto the parts of my phone I didn't need to be on. Yep. Uh, and yet, if you, if the guys, even if it was silly stuff that probably didn't meet the requirement of Exodus <laughs> 90 to say yeah. texting only when it's important, like we probably didn't even do that. We didn't do that on the app. But there's, just, there's a couple times I have to forward memes. I mean, I exactly. Have to have my meme of the of day. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's that is absolutely necessary. I think they should write that in to the rules. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. that meme meme texting is is necessary. <laughs> but but even when that kind of stuff would popped up, even if it was light and just funny, it still pulled me into the app. You know, yeah. and I was in the app, and the readings were there, and it reminded me, oh, you know what? I haven't, I haven't done my gospel and, and Exodus readings today, or you know, or maybe I had, but then I checked the text, and I was like, but I actually haven't spent any time in quiet prayer yet, you know. Uh, and so for me, having that integrated function there was great because it it drew me back into the app on, on a regular basis, which was a good reminder for me. Yeah, I, and I think it also for me. It created sort of a, a a barrier of you know what I was focused on with Exodus ninety, you know I think with the text message and everything else 
you know, I have like different groups of friends, right. That'll text and all mm-hmm. these different things. And I, and I've tried to tell people, Hey, listen, I'm doing this program. So if you haven't heard from me, here's why, <laughs> you know, I think we all had to go through that. Like, here's why I haven't emailed you back or whatever. You don't want yeah, to... like, you don't want to at the front tell people, Hey, I'm about to give all this stuff up. Look at me. <laughs> but then at some point totally. they're, they're like, you're missing. They're like, where's John? I, I, yeah. What happened to John? Well, have you gotten any of the, are you okay? Are you, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, this? yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm still yeah. here. But um, I think having that, having the app, it, what it would do is, you know, when we communicate on there, it's very much centered on our spiritual life, us as a fraternity, you know, what are you going through? And that, I think that's healthy and good, right? It mm-hmm. kind of separates the, the funniness and some of the crazy stuff that, you know, can go on in texting. And so that's, I really appreciated that. Is, is there anything that you would add to the app beyond that, Matt? Well, I mean, I think you had mentioned the accountability factor. And I, I think accountability is so important to us in yeah. general that when we don't have accountability to others, uh, we fall to our basis desires always. Uh, and and so anything in our life that increases our accountability to others, I think, is good. And so you, you had mentioned maybe even adding something to the app that, like, would would show whether or not each person in the group has had a chance to get in to to their gospel readings for the day. Yeah. Or maybe we could have like a checkbox to say, hey, I got my examine in, or I got my 20 minutes of prayer in, and we could checkbox things off and your whole group be able to see it. Yeah. That way, that way, when somebody goes dark and you hadn't heard from them that day, and you see that they hadn't checked anything off, then it's time to reach out, not not yeah. to shame them, you know, but to say you need help, like you, you're you're you've you've disappeared, you're you're not present anymore, uh, and I think that's a great idea. And I, I think if we had more of that in our lives, uh, the more the better. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it, you know, and and even in this sort of three month span, right, that you're doing this, it's incredible to me. Just in the last fifty eight days, just the things that happen in life, you know, mm-hmm. either a child is sick or someone passes away or different things, and someone's caught up in that, and you don't even realize they're in a tornado mm-hmm. of of maybe uh, difficult things, and having that, I think, within this program is pretty critical. But you know, but then it it goes into your normal life, right? You just yeah. realize how busy everyone is, and it's just sort of the struggles that everyone goes through that you don't think about on a daily basis, and this definitively brings us all together where we talk about those things. And I think especially as men, um, and I've, I've had these conversations with various priests, right? Um, in our society, men are supposed to always be strong. We're always supposed to be successful. We're striving towards that success. That success is something towards materialism. And this program actually says, no, 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 no. It's actually mm-hmm. about prayer. Mm-hmm. It's about you coming together. And it, it creates sort of a vulnerability that mm-hmm. men don't usually have that I've mm-hmm. appreciated even in our group where you have the ability to say things that you wouldn't normally do if we're all having beer somewhere. Right. You know, you, you might do it and there's some men that do, but I find that this is a, a chance to have a set period of time to say, I have this going on or everything's great this week, you know, and here's yeah. what, what's going on with you. And so I, that's what I've really appreciated about how the app and all that pulls that together and sort of forces you into that. Cause yeah. it's, you're following this calendar. Well, I know we're, we're, we're running up to the end of our time here, but yes. I have two last questions for you. One, one is, what, what do you hope to maintain or be like after Exodus? I think the biggest thing uh, is just taking more time for prayer, going to weekly adoration. 
um, is something I definitively want to continue. Uh, going to a daily mass, which is part of this process outside of Sunday, you know, going to a Wednesday. Or, and if you can go to daily mass, if your schedule permits it, how important that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I just think you feel better. You know, I yeah. think it's like, it's like exercise, right? You don't really, Oh, I'm busy. I don't want to, but you feel so much better when you sort of make it as a routine. And I feel that same way with the prayer life that that's, that's something that I'd like to have sort of continue uh, I, I we, think I think I want to use you know my my strong desire towards recreation. I want to use that as my carrot, uh, yeah. and so like like I I I know I'm going to go back to playing video games and watching TV and watching movies. But can I set up a system of discipline for myself that unless I have I have read my gospels for the day and spent some time in contemplative prayer first. I don't get to do that and, yeah. and and make that the first priority and then make my recreation secondary. Uh, and if I could get that in order, I think that would be a tremendous success for me. And that's kind of what I, I hope I'll leave Exodus 90 with. And then I just hope uh, as I go to Disney World that I get some sort of dispensation to eat churros. <laughs> is that... Is, that, is there somewhere in the rules where I can <laughs> figure that That leads out? me excellent into my last question, John. How has coronavirus yeah. affected your exodus? You're going um, you're going to Disney World, huh? I you know, I've I've decided based upon your uh astute recommendations. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's hard, right? Uh, as I I Matt in a group text uh to everybody had said, you know, it's amazing all these constitutional scholars the very following week are all now epidemiologists and understand <laughs> everything about health, which I think if any of us are honest, every one of our friends has the expert tweet that they found on the dark web somewhere that's explaining everything that's happening. Right. You know, I I sort of look at it this way, um if there comes a certain point where health officials who are experts say, you need to shelter in place, this is getting bad, you need to do those things. Essentially what they're doing in Italy right now as they're trying to deal with this. But uh, I also believe you shouldn't live your life in fear. You should go do the things you're doing. Yeah. Um, and because there's a lot of things that can hurt you in this life. Yeah. And I think that that goes with anything. I always look at people, you know, uh, our great generation of World War II, you know, they celebrated, they went and did what they needed to do. There was men that got on airplanes every single day in bombing runs that knew that they would possibly die that day. And yeah. I think um, living in fear and living of, in fear of those things is, is not uh, necessary. And But I also think you be prudent so you're not um, hurting someone else. But, you know, as far as everything that I've read, and I'm paying very close attention to the CDC website and, and other experts that, you know, we're going to go travel out there and live our lives and, you know, we're healthy. And, um, and if something tells us we shouldn't, we won't. So, so I have I, my you know, 30, 30 jars of peanut butter ready to go. So I'm, I'm and we've got, and we've got our TP. We got plenty of TP. It's so, it's so ashamed. So the, the last, uh, my, my last little bit is, is, is the shame to, for coronavirus is to, is to say, uh, I've had this fantasy it's a it's a coronavirus fantasy that I've had recently, and I, I I I kid you not, it's been probably ten to fourteen times over the past couple of weeks. I've had this fantasy that while at work, I get exposed to coronavirus, and the CDC tells me I have to isolate myself at home for fourteen days, and I go into my bedroom, and I give up Exodus ninety, and I watch 
video games and TV, <laughs> and my wife brings me little trays of food to the door to my room, and for 14 days, I do nothing but sleep, play video games, uh, and eat food that is brought to me on a tray. It I, has I, been like this. I just, I've been waiting to get Corona. I just, I want it. I want this dream and this fantasy to come true for me. I, I knew that 13-year-old <laughs> little boy was still inside you, Matt. <laughs> the fantasy of every 13-year-old. I'm just going to play video games all week and people just bring me food and there's does zero this, does this cor- this sounds like my dream come true this coronavirus it's here to help me well and it's hard we're, we're sort of making light of you know there definitely are people out there suffering and there's definitely people that have died and there's definitely whole cities that have had their lives disrupted but you as you say as a doctor there are things like that that are going on right now with influenza and other things on right. a daily basis and it doesn't seize society up right obviously right. this is a different situation as we come to understand what it is and um, sort of the danger it, it poses to society, but do you want to give any? You've already done a, a live. Uh, we did the live stream. I would just say ju- just that don't don't let uh, make sensible precautions. Um, yeah. Do do sensible things uh, that will help protect you and your family. And by that, I mean regular stuff that I would recommend everybody do every winter: wash your hands, you know, cover your cough, stay home when you're sick, you know, that kind of stuff. But panicking hoarding, you know, cleaning items, uh, canceling your trip to visit your family or do something that brings you joy. Don't, don't, don't do that. Continue to live your life uh, and don't let this virus steal your peace. Um, you know, it is, it is just one of the many things in our lives that, 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 uh, put our worldly position in jeopardy, but we have to remember that we're, we're not built for this world. We're built, we're built uh, to be with God in heaven, and and that that's where our true peace and joy comes from, uh, is our is our standing with God. I love it. I love uh, that idea. And as they say in the Twitterverse, we'll see how this podcast ages. So we'll, we'll come. <laughs> yeah. If in May and, I'm and, here, yeah. sitting here taking peanut butter out of a jar, saying, "Matt, how are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> then we'll know. It'll be a that'll be a wonderful end to the Exodus ninety experience, right? The the true. Uh, True fasting right at the end, but well, thanks well, to our thanks to our dear wives for inviting us on, and uh, this was fun. And uh, if if uh, if all of the Bellator <clears throat> society out there uh, loves this, maybe we could do some more of it. If uh, if they hate it, keep your opinions to yourself. Uh, and don't <laughs> I was gonna post say, it. please contact Tracy <laughs> and Fran. Complain to them. <laughs> Tell them, yeah, it's like yeah, they'll they'll answer all of your complaints uh, one by one uh, about Matt <laughs> talking. About searching uh, Facebook while he's sitting on the toilet. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Well, well have well, a great God, day, John. Hey, God bless you, and God bless everyone out there. Goodbye, Pelotor. Uh, y'all, uh, y'all have a wonderful day. We're praying for you, and uh, stay healthy. Yeah, you too. Have a All great right. day. See you. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.